welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, why not check out our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Well, good afternoon, friends. It's lovely to share this moment with you. Isn't it lovely to hear those stories? Do you know, there are so many opportunities and needs out in our community, and we get to just follow Jesus and make a difference each week in lots of little ways and big ways, and we celebrate that. It's lovely to be together. I just want to say we are celebrating also those being baptised, Nathan, Amy, and Anna. It's wonderful to be doing that a little bit later. And just if you've come specially to join in that moment, friend, family, neighbour, work colleague, and you've come along, we're just delighted that you're with us this afternoon. Thank you for making the effort. Baptism is an outward sign of an internal faith. A change has taken place in these guys' lives and we're celebrating it. And we're all about following Jesus, living life to the full and making a difference. So it's lovely that we can pause and celebrate with those getting baptised their faith. But maybe you're new to church or you're exploring faith. Maybe you've got questions or maybe you've got objections if you're absolutely honest. Well, whatever your story, we're just glad that you're here and we just pray this afternoon is a helpful time for you. I'm going to take a moment to pray and then we're going to look at a bit of the Bible together. Father God, thank you for this afternoon and this celebration. And I pray that as I speak some words that you would speak to our hearts and make sense of what we talk about this afternoon. Thank you that you love every person in the room and every person joining us online. And we pray that something of what goes on this afternoon would make sense in a very real and personal way. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. I was struck by an interview I read just a couple of weeks ago in the Times. It was a, an interview with the comedian David Badil. And um, he doesn't believe in God. He's, he's not, a, not someone who's got a faith. But he was being interviewed. And he's, um, if you don't know him, he's a comedian, he's a presenter, he's an author, a funny guy. And actually, this is how the interview unfolded in the Times. Anybody else read that a couple of weeks ago? You're not very well read bunch, are you? (laughs) Only teasing. I came across it um, and I'm not making it up. It's there. Um, This is what he said. Um, He said, I don't believe in God. That was the interviewer found that out. But he said, I'm desperate for that comfort, the thought of a God being there. I'm desperate because at heart, I'm a wailing load of need. He's having a bad day. (laughs) I'm a wailing load of need. Like all human beings, we're all that at heart. We're all helpless children. And to deny that is just macho posturing (laughs) and and he goes on to say this you know we saw the innate desire for God in our response to the Queen's death interesting cultural observation he went on to say that what we've done is we created an object of worship out of this human being by projecting onto her all sorts of ideas and aspirations and hopes Interesting reflection. Well, as we celebrate the story of those getting baptised today, it's a moment for us to think about faith. Maybe if we have a faith to recommit ourselves 100% to following and serving and loving God. If we don't have a faith, maybe this is a moment to consider some of those big questions of life, like David Badil was talking about. The 4th century African bishop, St Augustine, put it really well when he said this, He said, you have made us for yourself, God, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in you. If you're here and you haven't got a faith, it's very easy to count yourself out, but God wants to count you in. At the heart of the Christian faith is this offer of a relationship with God. Jesus spoke of a heavenly father who is noble, who's present, who's interested and engaged. 
And that's the focus of our talk this afternoon. Specifically, we want to think about how a relationship is sustained by communication, or what the Bible calls prayer. I came across some research during lockdown about prayer and what percentage of the population actually prayed. And apparently some 51% of 18 to 30-year-olds polled said they pray regularly, at least once a month, if not more. Uh, apparently the, uh, the, prayer kind of, uh, the prayer thing tails off as people get older. Uh, 24% of those aged 55 or over pray once a month or more, but then many more admitted to praying occasionally, maybe at particular points of crisis. Well, with the coming of Jesus, we celebrate this story that God has sent the human race a friend request in Jesus. He's getting our attention, inviting some kind of response from us. And relationship with God through Jesus is for absolutely everyone. I often come to these baptisms, we hear inspiring stories, and people go, oh, that's lovely for you, that's great for you, that's your story. But actually, the invitation is it's widening. It includes every one of us in the room, whether we have a background with faith or not. So relationship with God through Jesus is for everyone and prayer is for everyone. And this afternoon I want to look at a famous and what may be a familiar prayer to some, just to take a fresh look and a deep dive in this as we launch a bit later, a week of prayer. The prayer I want to look at is the Lord's Prayer and it starts with this famous phrase, Our Father. The Lord's Prayer is probably the most famous prayer in history, crafted by Jesus himself. And it's both, I want you to think about it as two things. It's both a model and a map. Say that to me, model and a map. Model and a map. There we go. It's a model. This is what Jesus said. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. Have you ever wondered why so many people pray? Well, Albert Einstein said that there's really only two ways to live, as if nothing's a miracle or as if everything's a miracle. Either life's a fluke and we're just a bunch of highly evolved animals on a big rock lost in space, or there's a creator behind creation, a, a God behind goodness. And if so, then connecting with him in prayer is pretty much the most mind-blowing thing you can do. Archaeologists keep digging stuff up that shows we've always prayed. People of many faiths pray daily. Even atheists admit to praying sometimes. Real prayer is a two-way conversation with the living God who loves and listens to the things we say. Now, prayer is not always obvious and it's not always easy. It was the one thing that the disciples explicitly asked Jesus for help with. In a moment of honesty, they said, help us, Jesus. Will you teach us how to pray? We can do the same, whatever our story or background with faith. The Lord's Prayer was the response to that really honest and simple request. Just 57 words in the original language. The prayer given by Jesus can be used in those two different ways, a model and a map. A model, clearly it's a, a, like a liturgical prayer intended for frequent use and repetition. It teaches us what to pray. And as we repeat those familiar words, maybe if you've ever prayed it, you're echoing the very words of Christ himself, along with billions of Christians throughout time, all over the church, from every culture, background, tradition, and from every branch of the church. 
Throughout lockdown, do you remember, remember that a little while ago? Throughout lockdown, we actually prayed the Lord's Prayer at lunchtime. We did a little FaceTime live and we prayed and we just went through the Lord's Prayer. Just a rallying point around God when we were plunged into a time of confusion and uncertainty as a nation. But we don't come to prayer in a superstitious way, mindlessly, just treating it like a mantra just to be said lots of times. It's a model prayer, yes, but it's also a map. The Lord's Prayer can guide us as we express the things that are on our hearts to God. Each line can be applied and expanded in a personal conversation for us and God. Maybe you've come across the Lord's Prayer, maybe you haven't, but the invitation is that we establish a pattern and a life of prayer. Jesus was really giving it as a guide rather than just a destination. Many people find prayer difficult. Maybe you find praying difficult, but we can get distracted or or struggle to know what to say. Maybe you're new to church or faith and you think, I'm not quite sure how to express myself. Praying the Lord's Prayer can be a really simple on-ramp to a conversation with God. This week coming up, we've got the week of prayer as a church. And the Lord's Prayer is a great framework for us as we seek to be Jesus' people, his hands and feet, in our city at this time. Just the first two words in there, our Father. That prompts us to thank God that we're in his family, even as we're praying about our own natural families. Hallowed be your name. That's an invitation to worship. Let your kingdom come. That's an opportunity to ask for help for particular people or places or situations that we're carrying in our hearts. What are you carrying in your heart? Present it to God. Give us this day our daily bread. Invites us to pray about our most pressing and our most practical needs. Don't just work hard, but recognise what they are. Pray. Forgive us our sins challenges us to name the stuff in our lives that need to be put right with God and put right with others. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Do you know, we all experience life pressures and spiritual powers that want to do us damage. So we have to remain prayerful and vigilant. Prayed this way, each phrase of this prayer becomes a dimension to a life conversation, a map and a model. How to pray. Okay, we get the principles. Here you, Andrew. But what about the practicalities? Some of the most helpful advice I heard when thinking about keeping a relationship with God alive and thinking about prayer was keep it simple, keep it honest and keep it going. Keep it simple, keep it honest and keep it going. At its heart, prayer is a conversation between you and me and the living God. You might know the theory. The question is, is it happening in practice in your life? It's the chance to talk with God about the things that we care about most. Maybe the difficult stuff, the hurtful stuff, the moments of joy and celebration. Our Heavenly Father loves to hear how we're doing and he loves it when we come into his presence in honesty. Prayer can change us and it can change the situations around us. One of the things that we've heard about is small groups starting and multiplying. We've heard about seven or so this, uh, this last year that have got started. One of the features of the small groups that we have in our church, they're all over the city, is that people get together and it's friends doing life and living faith together. That's what our small groups are. And one of the things we do is we actually pray every week we get together. And there'll be a chance to share honestly about life and share, share about the things that are going on. It might be a work pressure or a relationship thing, a setback or a challenge that's going on. And rather just carrying it and saying well just soldier on and you're on your own we actually can talk with friends and then talk with God we pray and week after week we love as we gather together just hearing those stories of answered prayers their answers to prayers all the time now the cynic in you might be going oh it's just coincidence that whole praying thing and answered prayers just coincidence I love what the former Archbishop of Canterbury William Temple said he said this when I pray 
coincidences happen. And when I don't, they don't. <laughs> it's just an honest little observation. I love that. Keep it simple. Prayer is at its best when it's simplest. Pray your thoughts. What are you thinking about? Just turn that stuff to prayer. We think about a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff in our minds. Just turn that to prayer in a natural way. Don't worry about having the right words. Worry more about having the right heart as you approach God. We don't ever need to be impressive, just honest. Simply walking and talking with God about the normal stuff that's going on in our heads and hearts. God promises he's with us and he hears us. I love how this is expressed in the message paraphrase of this bit of the Bible. Just in the run up to the Lord's Prayer, this is how it's conveyed in the message. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. (laughs) Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his grace. The world is so full of, you know, so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with and he knows you better than you and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. Isn't that freeing, friends? Isn't that lovely? Pray, prayer causes stuff to happen that wouldn't have happened if you didn't pray. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Here's another reality about prayer and this invitation to a relationship with God. Do you know, prayer might not change your circumstances immediately, but it will change you in the process. That's the reality of those that know how it is to pray. Maybe the thing that will change is you'll have a bit of fresh courage to face the situation that's coming against you. Maybe some calm to face the weak. Maybe a little more understanding for the person who's winding you up. Maybe a bit of a fresh perspective on something that you're facing. First thing, keep it simple. Second thing, keep it honest. You know, don't pretend about the pain or disappointment that you're living with. The Bible is far more honest than we're often comfortable being honest about in church. We can try and put on a big smiley face, but actually it's fine if we're honest with God and with each other. Prayer can be unfiltered and unrehearsed, just telling God what you're thinking. You can't outsource it to somebody else, just own it yourself. Do you know, we can obsess with the right words or techniques and that's what, not what Jesus is wanting for us. Sometimes we don't know what to say or how to say it. Maybe prayer for you could just be sitting in silence, choosing to be with God in the midst of your turmoil, your pain, your doubts and your questions. But rather than running away, staying present with God. John Bunyan, the author of the, of the famous um, book, The Pil- Pilgrim's Progress, he put it this way. In prayer, it's better to have a heart without words than words without a heart. Do you know, we can come as we are to God. If you've observed parents and children interacting, maybe you're blessed to be a parent in the room. You know, as a parent, you just embrace your kids as they are, whether they're happy or sad. You don't say, sorry, only come to me when you're happy, please. I'd much rather you when you're happy. I don't like you when you're crying and snotty. Please go away. You don't say that as a parent, do you? I hope you don't say that. That would be pretty dysfunctional. As a parent, you just embrace your kids. <laughs> Some of you go, oh my gosh, I got it wrong. <laughs> no, you embrace your kids. Top tip, you embrace your kids as, the, as they are. You know, you, know, you don't have to be a certain way to come, whether you're hurt or happy. You just scoop them up. Because why? Because you love them. You love them. Now, for me, as a father of adult children, I know they live busy lives in other cities with careers and challenges. There's a lot they're juggling. 
So every time I hear their key in the front door, my little heart fills with joy because they've made time to come home and see dad. Woohoo! And mum. <laughs> Sorry. I just, you could have preached with me, but you didn't. <laughs> no heckling from the front row. <laughs> Prayer is coming home. Prayer is entering the Father's house. Prayer is coming into his presence, and let me tell you, your Father's heart fills with joy even before you blurted out a word. You've chosen to come home. Keep it simple, keep it honest, keep it going. Do you know, keep praying and don't give up. Maybe you're busy, you're upset, you've had a setback, and it's easy to retreat in those moments and step back from God. That's the very moment to try and come and be as we are before God. Sometimes we're lost for words. And maybe the words of a psalm or some simple liturgy or someone else's written prayer from a previous point in history can act as a guide for you into the presence of God. That can help a lot in those moments. Keep it going. Try and make it a consistent thing. The value of persistent prayer is not that we'll, he will hear us, but we might actually finally hear him. Sometimes in the routine and the stillness, we slowly discern he's getting our attention. He's communicating with us in our souls, in those still places of our hearts. Do you know, it's easy to turn to God in an emergency, to pray in an emergency, but it's meant to be a consistent rhythm of our daily lives. Has anybody heard the name Corrie ten Boom, that name? Uh, Corrie ten Boom was a, um, a Dutch activist for human rights. She sheltered Jews during the war and uh, she experienced a lot of personal risk and also uh, torture. She was put in a concentration camp and uh, she made a comment on prayer and she said this, Do you know, um, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tyre? <laughs> Think about that for a minute. Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tyre? <laughs> as we just draw this to a close today, I want to say that we're coming up to a week of prayer for us as a church. That's not mean you've got to pray every single minute of every single day for the whole week. It's a focus as a family to say we want to get better. The very phrase that the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to pray, we want to echo that as a community. We want to say, Jesus, teach us in this church how to pray. We want to get better at being comfortable, being present with you. If, you know, we're called to live out our faith in Birmingham, to shine bright in what are dark times, to love God well and to love our neighbours. We've heard some glimpses, some little stories of that, and we love those stories, but they want to be multiplied through our yes to Jesus. We want to see multiplication of small groups and sites and churches and people are encountering God. But we also want to learn to play our part. So if you're here in Birmingham and you see this as your church community, I'm inviting you to engage in at least one of those times we've got set aside to pray. Have the Lord's Prayer in front of you, both as a model, something you can speak out, but also as a map to guide your prayers. We're going to be praying for ourselves, undoubtedly, but also praying for those around us, praying for our city and praying for our world. And as we pray, we're not just talking, we're pausing to listen. God, what are you saying to me in this moment? How are you inviting me to trust you? Mother Teresa put it really well. She said, you know, prayer is not just asking. Prayer is putting ourselves in the hands of God at his disposition, listening to his voice in the depth of our hearts. Prayer causes stuff to happen that wouldn't happen if we didn't pray. Hearing those stories, I think, wow, if those were multiplying week in, week out, in different places, different communities, that would be light coming into dark places, hope coming into helpless situations. We need more of that, don't we, friends? And we're called to be that. 
to follow Jesus, to live life to a full and to make a difference in the place that God's put us. Just got a final question for you, a bit of an English literature question. Any English literature buffs in the room? Anybody English literature? Yeah, we've got a few Look, waving some hands there. Uh, what's the oldest piece of English literature written by a woman? Any guesses? Uh, so we've got a fr- one for the front. Margaret Kemp? Julian of Norwich. Well done to that man. Who was that? Ah, oh, Junior of Norwich. So they're about the same era. So there's a lady called Junior of Norwich. She was um, uh, born in 1343, and it is the oldest surviving piece of English literature written by a woman. And she wrote a book called Revelations of Divine Love. And it was about prayer. She was a bit of a mystic. She used to spend a lot of time praying and doing helpful stuff for people. And she had this great quote. Because things, topics and quotes about prayer, they're timeless because people and the stuff we face is timeless. Nothing much changes. The, the, kind of the need of our heart to connect with God is still the same, whatever century, whatever culture, whatever place you live in. She said this, in prayer, we come to know ourselves and to meet our maker. We rejoice in God's goodness, we share in God's life, and we're enfolded in God's love. Let me say it again, because this is the invitation that Jesus is saying. When he says, pray this way, pray our Father in heaven, he wants this for every one of us. We come to know ourselves, meet our maker, we rejoice in God's goodness, we share in God's life, and we're enfolded in God's love. For every one of us this week of prayer, maybe in a new way, just by being in the room, just as an invitation, a fresh invitation for us to come as we are to God, to accept this offer of friendship and relationship with the Father in heaven. Jesus said this, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Through his life, his death, his resurrection, Jesus has opened the door into the Father's house. He's opened the front door wide and there's a space for you in the Father's house. In John 1 it says, Yet to all who received Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I started with that quote from Augustine, the African bishop. Father God, you've made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. Just as we finish this afternoon, I want to take a moment to pray and just give us space to respond in our own way to this invitation of relationship. For those that are in this community, my invitation is clearly that we'd make space and time to pray, to come to God and pray for his purposes to be done in us and through us as Birmingham Vineyard in this week of prayer and to pray with a listening ear to what God is saying. But maybe for others in the room who've not counted yourself in, you've counted yourself out, God is wanting to extend an invitation of friendship and relationship. Let's take a moment to pray. Father God, thank you that you see every one of us. You know what's in our hearts and in our heads. You know the things that we carry and the concerns that are very real. You even know our objections and our questions. All of that is true, yet there's still a very clear invitation from Jesus that each of us would learn what it is to call God Father. Just as we hear some stories in a few minutes of people who are putting their faith in you in a very public and visible way through baptism, 
It's not just a story to be admired for somebody else, but there's a story you're inviting each of us to step into, of a deeper friendship and trust with you. Even in the stillness of our hearts, would you help us respond to this invitation that you've extended, Jesus, for us to come as we are to a Father who loves us. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. Why not come along and visit us? We gather at three services across two sites on a Sunday and meet during the week in small groups across the city. More information on both of these can be found on our website. Thanks for listening and God bless.